live and local across the city and South Cambridgeshire. This is Glenn Jones. Cambridge 105 Radio. There's just something about a great festive song, isn't there? I don't know about you, but Christmas records just seem to put me in a good mood. But what exactly is happening in our brain when we hear a bit of Mariah Carey or Michael Bublé? Nabanu Samani is a PhD student at Anglia Ruskin University. Afternoon, Nabanu. Hey, how's it going? Not bad at all. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Excited to be with you. So I'm hoping you can shed a bit of light on this. What exactly is going on in my brain when I hear a great festive record? So when we hear good holiday music like a Michael Bublé song or Mariah Carey, what's happening is essentially we're sparking a sense of nostalgia in our brain. So we're feeling, we're getting that remembrance, that feeling of, of like how, of of like a memory basically, and that memory that it's sparking that excitement for the festive season. But at some point, sometimes some people will feel, oh, okay, I've heard that quite a lot now. So, and that's when it's, it kind of hits in our brain to feel like, actually, it's getting a little bit, a bit, bit too much now. So it, it, there's a bit of a debate there with the music. I know, I know you love a good Christmas song, <laughs> sounds like. Is there such a thing as too much Christmas music? It sounds like there's a bit of a formula there if someone were to look into this, a point at which festive music stops being about good memories and starts being, oh, I'm fed up of this now. Yeah, I feel like sometimes if we hear something a bit too much, our brain just seems to be a bit oversaturated, doesn't it? Like, and then he starts triggering that, oh, no, not, not jingle bells all over again. <laughs> so it, it, there is a bit of a debate there as well, I guess. I'm wondering whether there's some sort of formula for the perfect piece of Christmas music, X amount of sleigh bells plus Y amount of happy memories of festive seasons years gone by. There must be a research project in there somewhere. <laughs> so there, there hasn't actually been an exact project that's been done on that exact that exact thing. But but what we but research has shown is if we repetitively listen to uh, the same song, we're causing quite a lot of stress in our brains rather than inducing relief. So I th- I think it's getting the right balance, I guess. That listen to listen to it initially, get that get that festive feeling, get that nostalgia like that that feeling of oh it's time for it's time for the holidays. And then if you feel it's getting a bit mundane and it feels like it's getting a bit too much, then just taking a bit of a backseat to start oversaturating our brain. So I think it's just having that balance, I guess. So when we listen to music, um, the part of our brain that's getting activated is the amygdala. So amygdala is part of the frontal lobe of our brain, and that's to do with our feelings and emotions. And that's what Christmas songs actually evokes. It evokes those feelings of, of nostalgia those feelings of emotions that we have associated with the festive time of Christmas. Fantastic. Now, you're, of course, a PhD student at Anglia Ruskin University, and we were hearing just the other week about some of the fascinating research going on right here at ARU in our city. I mean, a fortnight ago, we learnt how rural, as opposed to urban robins, got more aggressive the louder their environment got. 
that must be something that you're looking into at the moment. What's your current project, Navanu? So my current project's looking at improving well-being in people that have got acquired visual loss using music as an intervention to help them reduce their anxiety, stress, and depression. So essentially what I've done is I have made people personalize playlists, music that they absolutely love listening to, and I've told them to listen to that music every single day. So I basically prescribe them music. So instead of taking any other medication or taking something else, I want them to just listen to music and see how that makes us feel. So I'm measuring their scores through a hospital device questionnaire one month before and one month after. And so far, just some preliminary data hasn't been published yet, but it's looking quite promising. People are feeling much calmer, much more relaxed after the one month period of listening to music. So it's all very, uh, it's all early stages and all it's all very promising as well. So someone with a vision loss, um, it's it's common that they will struggle with accessing music online because of obviously their visual impairment. But according to my study, from what we've seen is a lot of our music platforms, so our Spotify, Apple Music, are actually quite visually impaired friendly. So it's it's quite it's quite nice to be seeing that as well. People are able to access the music. People are able to use their assistive technologies on 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 their using. On their technology so it's all it's all very it's all positive so far i mean it's a fascinating topic isn't it i would have never thought that music would be used to help treat people with vision loss but it it makes sense because it's another one of your senses a sense that you've still got functioning really well music therapy generally is a fascinating topic but i always thought it was about making music is it about listening to music as well yeah, so mu- music therapy, is, it's, it's a combination. Music therapy can be improvisation, playing with music, creating music, and also listening to music, something as simple as listening to music. So music, music listening comes under music as medicine. So we're actually applying music as, as a form of medicine. So, in, so we're, they're taking quite prescriptively. It's, it's, quite, it's, it's got quite a bit of a of a lingo, a bit of a jargon to it. But it, it, it is still part of music, right? How how could this actually be used once you've finished your research? How could this be applied? It's raising awareness about something as simple as music can make you feel good. So when we listen to music, when we turn on the radio on our drive home from work, we're feeling, we're, we're just, we just want to zone out and just enjoy the music that's happening. Or we're, we're back in, we're in the present moment. So using music as a form, as a tool of mindfulness to help us ground us, bring us back to the present moment and just enjoy the moment. So we, music can be very therapeutic. I don't know about you, but I can, I, I, I love, I, I love a nice Michael Bublé song and I just feel, it just brings me back to the moment and I just want to enjoy the song that's happening. I stop thinking about the day that I've had, all the, all the troubles I've had during the day, all those things I've had to do, all the stresses I've had. So it, 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 it really just brings me back in. Engaging in music actually shows to facilitate neuroplasticity. So what happens is when we listen to music, we're reinforcing positive, something quite positive in us. So music actually activates the cognitive motor, our speech centers, all through our neural systems. So essentially what that means is 
music elicits um, memories from past from past times. So when we've heard like an old song, we remember. We might not remember the name of the song or where that song's from, but we but we recall those beats, the rhythms, the words, even sometimes. So a lot of people that that suffer from dementia, Alzheimer's, memory loss, may not always remember something something that you've said to them, or they don't remember your name essentially. But if you play a particular beat or a particular song, they recall that from their past time. So it all shows that music is, it, it's a feeling, we feel it within us, even if we don't always understand what's going on in the song or what it's about, but it's, it's that feeling that it gives you. When are you expecting to be publishing results from this, Nabani? So hopefully in the new year, so early, so I'm hoping by Easter time next year to have, have the results all analysed hmm. properly. We're hoping to apply for some publications, some scientific journals, which would be quite nice. We'll probably aim for some magazines as well, just so we can actually publish it in a bit more layman's terms as well. So a bit of both, keep it scientific and then also keep it a little bit more generic as well. So a bit of both. Well, you've explained it in terms that even I can understand here. Um, would you give me a quick bill when you've got this published and come on again and share your findings? Definitely, I'd love to do that. Finally, before I let you go, we're very proud of the institutions we have in our city. What sort of opportunities have you had at Anglia Ruskin University? And what would you say to someone who's maybe thinking about starting their academic journey? What would be your message to them? Just don't, just don't stop dreaming. Keep trying. It, 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 it is a bumpy road. You're not always going to meet eye to eye with your professors, with your lecturers, and it, it's just a case of just keep pushing through. Have keep keep your keep your values and your ethics at the back of your mind, and working with working with your supervisors, working with your professors, because they're here to support you. We've all got ideas, and it's all about collaboratively working together to make a difference for people and. And yeah, and just working hard, I guess, because the sky's the limit. You do whatever you need to do to make it work and find your niche and, and improve people's quality of life, I guess. Absolutely fascinating to chat to you. Nabani Samani, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Thank you.